I am yours and you are mine. It's a promise. It's a promise. Welcome if you're in person with us, if you're online with us today, we want you to know you matter to us. If you're here in this room with us, you matter to us. Your life matters to us. What is going on in your life matters to us. You matter. We love you and we want to hear from you today. So in Crosswalk, we have this thing called the Amen Corner. Amen Corner, are you out there? Amen. All right. That also means when you see that Amen down there, what do you do? Amen. There you go. So get ready, Amen Corner. A lot going on. I really, 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 I hope and pray that you come back and join us Thursday night. You do not want to miss this amazing team. Well, they're down there now. But this amazing team on Thursday night, they work hard. But it's the coolest adventure to tell you about the the last few uh, years of, of, of Christ's life and then bringing you into the Last Supper. You know, many do not understand how big a deal the Last Supper was. Because they had to meet in secret. They couldn't just get together and have a meal. It was the last meal that Jesus knew that he would have with his disciples that had traveled many, many, many miles with him. And we will make that journey this week together. Today, we talk about what it meant for Hosanna is in the house. And we wave a branch and we sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. What does that mean? We're going to talk about that here in just a few minutes. But if you're visiting with us, I want to back up just a second and tell you, we are in the middle of a series that is called Calling, Discovering Your Purpose. And maybe some of you know your purpose, but maybe if you've been like me, it's been a good reminder It's been a good way to kind of broaden purpose for me going through this series. And the way that we broke it down is we broke it down in seven steps. Seven steps to finding your call and your purpose. So if you remember week one, week one was the one where it meant we had to be quiet and we had to listen. Yeah. Some of you look at me and go, I'm just going to wink at you on that one. It's all right. Number two, week two is sacrifice. What do we have to lay down of ourselves? Less of us, more of God. What do we have to lay down of ourselves in order to do what God has called us to do? How do we get out of our own way? And the only way we do that is by sacrificing, right? Giving of ourselves to a place where we think, I can't give any more than I'm giving. And then you give some more. Then step three was owning our failures. Mm-hmm. Now y'all can't wink at me on that because I know we all have those. Amen. We all have failures. We all have things in our life that we go, I wish I would have done it better. I wish that this would have gone a little bit differently than it went. I wish that I would have responded differently. I wish that I'd have been more aware. But we have to own our failures in order to understand what it means to move forward. Then you have step four, which was perseverance. I have not obtained it yet, but I keep pressing on. Amen. Amen. What do we do? We get up every day and we keep pushing through. That is step four. Then step five that we talked about last Sunday is transformation. What does it mean 
to not just be stirred, but to be changed by the power of God. What does it mean to understand that in order to do what God has called me to do, there's probably a lot of me that needs to be changed and transformed. Maybe it's my, my thinking of I'm not good enough or I'll never be enough. Or maybe it's my thinking of I'm too tired. I've done enough. Amen. Or maybe it's the thinking of I have no idea what to do. So today is step six. And I have to be honest with you. This one for me is a doozy. Because step six is obedience. And in the life of the church, if I'm really honest with you, has been such a detrimental word. This word has been used to destroy people, particularly in the church. This word has been used to hurt and shame and bring fear to so many. But my goal is that today when we leave, that you won't look at obedience the same. That you will look at obedience in a way that says, I'm not just obeying what God has asked me to do. I desire to do exactly what God has asked me to do. Because what I want first and foremost is to please him. Because you know what he's trying to do for you? He's trying to please you. God loves you. He created you. You are his child. To help us with this story, though, we're going to talk about two dudes and a donkey. And literally, I gave it that title because we don't know the two disciples that Jesus sent. We just know that Jesus says, hey, I need a donkey. It's going to be right here. Go get it. So what I want to do, follow me just for a second, though. What I want to do is I want, to, I want to read about it so you don't just hear my voice. I want you to understand how important the obedience of two dudes and a donkey brought to this story. All right? So if you have your Bibles, if you have your iPad or your phone, turn to Matthew 21, and we're going to start in verse 1. So we're going to start right at the top of that chapter. All right, you ready? Here we go. When they approach Jerusalem... And came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus gave two disciples a task. There are your two dudes right there. He said to them, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter, you will find a donkey tied up and a colt with it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that their master needs them. He sent them off right away. Now this happened to fulfill what the prophet said. Say to daughter Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and riding on a donkey. And on a colt, the donkey's offspring. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on them, and he sat on them. Now a large crowd spread their clothes on the road. Others cut palm branches off the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds in front of him and behind him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up. Who is this? They asked. The crowds answered, it's the prophet Jesus from Nazareth and Galilee. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
Thanks be to God. I want to take just a moment to say uh, how much I love our deaf ministry. We're so glad that you are with us. If you're watching online, we love you. Melinda, thank you for all your hard work and your leadership in this. We thank you. I also want to say thank you. Yes, yes. I also want to say a big thank you. If you're online with us today, you have any questions, any comments, Miss Jennifer is on with us today, and we love you, and we thank you, Miss Jennifer, for helping us out online today as well. So as we get into this really random story, it always makes me laugh. Hey, by the way, I need you to go over here, get me a donkey, and bring it back. That's what everybody wanted to do the day they woke up, right? Is go get a donkey. And then Jesus says, listen, if they give you any problems, just tell them that their master needs it. Okay, I'm basically going to go take something that is not mine, but Jesus says it's fine. Right? There's so much about this story that could go wrong, correct? It's random on so many levels, but that's totally Jesus. He says, hey, just trust me. Just trust me. He didn't ask you to argue with him. He didn't ask you to reason with him. He didn't ask you to come up with any comments because there's a million comments we all could make about two dudes and a donkey, amen? amen. He says, just go. Do what I've asked you to do. My first point for you today is that God will ask you to do the unexpected. It will not be what you think it should be most of the time. You see, you have to understand the cool part of this story is that Jesus was entering as the king of peace. Traditionally, entering the city on a donkey symbolized the arrival of peace. Whereas kings that came in on horses, that symbolized war. But Jesus knows that it's all about to change for him. So rather than being about war, he's like, I want to bring peace. And I want to show them as I ride in to the city that I am bringing peace. Amen. So right there begins our story of obedience. Why the donkey? What's the point of the donkey? Because when Jesus rode in, it symbolized what Jesus was about, which is my peace I bring to you. My peace I give to you. So as you live more and more into your call, God will call you to do things. Things out of your norm. He will call you to do things that may not even make sense to you. Did you know that? God may ask you to clean toilets. God may ask you to apologize to someone that hurt you deeply. God may ask you to do something so out of your box that you have no way of understanding what is going on. But with obedience and your call come trust. You have to come to a place that you trust whatever God is speaking into your life and knowing that it is the best for your life. One of my favorite old hymns growing up was a song in our Cokesbury hymnal that said, trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Amen. And sometimes you just have to say yes. You just have to say yes. You can reason 
you can argue. You can be the smartest person on the planet and read every book there is to read. You can call every single person that you know to get advice. But sometimes you just have to say, yes, trust me when I tell you don't argue. It doesn't work. If you try to reason with God, you just can't. You are just making yourself more and more miserable. And I know this because I've been there, done that, and I wore that t-shirt really well. And it was miserable. And here's the deal. I want you to understand something about obedience to God. God is not out to look for ways to punish you. God is not out to look for ways to get on to you. That is not what obedience is about. And I feel like there have been times in our life that when we've heard that word, what scared us is we feel like that's just an excuse for God to punish me. That's just an excuse for God to be mad at me. Here's what obedience is about. Obedience in the greatest form is about God showing his love for you because he knows what's best for you. He knows you better than you know you. He knows your circumstances better than you know you. It's not about him looking for ways to be mad at you because you don't do it his way. It's because his way is the best for you. And what God knows is that he loves you so much that he wants his best for your life. It's really that simple. He wants the best for your life. His plans are always better than yours. Did you know that? This I can promise you. As sure as I know my hair is purple, I can promise you. His plans are always better than yours. Amen. I I didn't hear that. Amen. Amen. There we go. He knows what is best for your life. Remember, he is the one that created you. He is never surprised by your reaction. Believe it or not. And you can even say it under your breath and he still heard you. You can call a million people and act like you whispering and being all discreet. He still heard you. You can go and you can hide in your job and you can hide in in your family and you can hide in a million places guess what? He can still see you. But obedience also doesn't mean that the journey will be easy. Obedience doesn't mean the journey will be easy. Let me say that one more time. Jackie, let's get that up there. The obedience doesn't mean the journey will be easy. So I'm saying this again, because some of you will say, I just don't understand why I'm going through this. I'm doing everything right. I've done what God has asked me to do. Why is it so hard? Because life is hard. Life is hard. And the two dudes, the disciples that get the donkey, that would lead to this beautiful triumphant entry into Jerusalem, It wasn't easy to say, okay, let me just take off. Let me just go. But as we know, is that baby Kay? 
But as we know in the life of the church, it's all really just the beginning. Obedience is really just the beginning. It will be just the beginning this week as we begin today, this Palm Sunday. Today is just the beginning of what will be the most difficult and yet victorious week in the life of the church. For we will go through so many motions of today, a victorious laying down the palm branches saying, what a good God and victorious God that you are. To in five days, we will bury our beloved Savior. In many days in our life, it feels like Friday night, but guess what? Sunday's coming. And that's the promise that we have this week is living into the emotion of what that means. Because every day in our life, it feels like Good Friday. And we had to have Good Friday. We had to have Good Friday in order to get to Easter Sunday. You remember when you were a kid and mom and dad would ask you to do something and you would bear down thinking that would just stop them from asking you, right? Don't y'all leave me up here hanging. I am not the only one that did that. (laughs) Or how about you just went no or you just didn't do it. I mean, come on now, I, I know some of you, I know you will, I bet you did the same thing. You would lock your knees, close your eyes, and like, no. Thank you, Lynn. You're the only one that will be honest with me. (laughs) Then you would finally do what mom or dad asked you to do, and it turned out to really be like a null moment because the reward was so much greater just doing what mom asked you to do. It's like some of us have been living in this constant place of just bearing down like this because you're afraid it'd be too hard or you have to give something up or it just takes too much effort. But you've been bearing down for so long with your eyes closed that you're not even looking up while Jesus is standing there going, are you ready now? Are you ready now? Then you look back and you go, why didn't I just do that to begin with? Because see, obedience isn't about what comes with the reward and what the reward that will be. It's not even about the job at hand. Obedience is much broader and bigger in the picture of what obedience really means. Because obedience means, Lord, I am surrendering to your will, not mine. Obedience means that, God, I want this your way, not mine, because I know that your way is far better than mine. Obedience is saying, you know what? It's a whole lot less of me and a whole lot more of you. I remember as a kid, and I love to tell these stories because I was a kid that I was always around adults. So I would sit back and I just watched everything that went down. I loved it. But because of that, I have stories that I love to tell. This one's pretty simple, but for me, when you're about seven years old and you're sitting on the front pew of the right side of the church and you have your book and your writing tablet and all the things you know, because back then we didn't have cell phones or tablets to keep our kids. Mom always had a little coloring pad and a whole deal of colors and I would just sit there. 
And much like I am now, my feet didn't touch the floor. So I just sat there. But I watched everything that would go on. And I remember a young gentleman that was about 24 years old at the time who knew that God had a call on his life in amazing ways. And he was so close to my mom and my dad. Glenn was an amazing singer. Amazing singer. There was no doubt Glenn had this call on his life. I mean, he just opened his mouth and he was just so ahead of his time. And when he would sing, I mean, everybody, there would not be a dry eye in the house. He was one of those singers. He wasn't someone that could just carry a note. He was someone that could tell the story in a song. When they tell you a song is what emotions sound like, that's what it was like when Glenn would sing. And even for a seven-year-old kid, I couldn't wait till he sang this song called Till the Storm Passes By. Till the thunder sounds no more. But Mervyn, Glenn didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. And Glenn went down a really long, rough path in his life. Not because God was punishing him, but because he was running. He was running. And I got to be at the service the day that Glenn surrendered to what God had called him to do. And he stepped up on that platform, and I'll never forget. I remember the suit he had on because his tie was purple. And Glenn began to sing, in the dark of the midnight have I oft hid my face. While the clouds are above me and there's no hiding place, Lord, keep me safe until the storm passes by. And I never forgot those words because I watched right before me someone who was walking a path of running and scared and afraid all of a sudden go, okay, not today, Satan. Amen. And began to sing a song that one day would end up being a number one song for him. Lives would be changed and hearts would never be the same because of one song that he would sing. But it wasn't the song, it was his obedience to sing the song. Amen. You see, you don't know in your life that, that you may be the only Bible that someone may ever get to read. In your life, you may be the only person that can reach that person. They're not looking for me to be there. They're not looking for Rafe to be there. They're not looking for Pastor Stan to be there. They're looking for you to be there. Your life may be the only sermon that can be preached. You know, and as the disciples got ready for this week and as we get ready for this week, there's no way they could prepare for what was coming. Your call for you will not be easy. And some days it's going to be hard. And some days you're going to go, I don't know if I should have done this. Some days you will have, if you're like me, a whole lot of, seriously, God? Seriously? Are you sure? Amen. 
But when we are obedient to God and the call he has placed on each of us, we begin to understand the story is far more than what we could ever think or imagine. Could the triumphant entry have happened without two disciples and, an, and, and a donkey and their obedience? Absolutely. But you see, the thing and the task that God has set before you, whatever that is, is never, ever the point. It's in our willingness to listen, sacrifice, own our failures, persevere, transform, and be obedient to what God has that matters. It's when all of a sudden we go from being like this to, "Mm mm-hmm, that's for everybody else and not me. To all of a sudden we put our arms out and we stand and we go, okay, God, what do you have? Amen. What do you have? Rafe and Ozzy, if you guys will come forward. What do you have? God, even if it's out of my comfort zone, even, God, if I don't like it, Even if I am an introvert and that job seems like it's for an extrovert, being an introvert is still not where it's at. Because you've gone from this to this. Lord, it's not my will, but it's your will. And what you did yesterday, you will do tomorrow. And what you will do tomorrow, you're going to do the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day because he is going to use you. But are you willing to let him? See, here's the greatest thing that I want you to understand that I have learned in my faith journey. This week, we get to learn and see again and again, like we do every year, the greatest act of love, which is he died on a cross for our sins, right? rose again we know that story but you know what else for me in that story is the greatest act of love is what we call free will in the Methodist church because God loves you so much that you aren't a puppet on a string he doesn't sit there and go okay this is what you're going to do today he loves you so much that he gives you the free will to decide he loves you so much that he said you know what I'm going to trust you like you trust me. I'm going to love you and the greatest act of love of what I can do for you is let you decide for you. Not, I'm not going to make you do that. Are you willing to be obedient? Are you willing to walk in a place that says, not my will, 